Welcome to the Intersection Magazine podcast. Our guest today is Patricia Cahill. She authored the book, Make Social Media Work For You. And I think uh, she has some very interesting insights to share about the book. Um, we hope you like this podcast. So Patricia, thank you so much for allowing for agreeing to do this uh, interview and podcast with us. Um, what we'll try and do is maybe talk about some of the sections that stood out in the book. Uh, it's a kind of question-answer thing. Uh, and then you, uh, you'll help kind of shed some light on the parts that we think are important. But we won't give out too much so that people can buy the book. <laughs> nice. But hopefully um, people will understand a bit about your heart and um, get a glimpse of uh, what you went through or how, why you're qualified to write this book. Um, so here it goes. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about yourself, Patricia. What do you, who is Patricia Cahill? So my name is Patricia Cahill. I am a multi-potentialite uh, who enjoys doing digital marketing things, mainly in the content marketing uh, department of digital marketing. I am an author of the book, which we are discussing today. I love God so much. Actually, Nicholas phoned me at church today. So yeah, that's me. I love um, entrepreneurship. I love helping other people. Community development is a thing for me. Yeah, and some other things you're going to hear in this podcast. So that's who I am. Okay, so uh, essentially the book is about how to use, uh, I guess, social media to grow your brand. Um, tell us what some of the influences are uh, that led you to writing this book. So actually, I didn't want to write a book. I never thought that I would ever put a, any writings in a book. But the time I wrote this book, I was in um, the School of Leadership at Harvest Institute, which is in the Worship Harvest School. One of the things to graduate from there is you need to write a book. So I struggled to find uh, a topic to write about. And then I realized that I had information that very many people had been asking me about things I was teaching already or had already written about in my blogs and digital marketing with social media became the go-to book. So I shared what I know in the book, shared what I've worked with, how did I start? Because I've always had a question, people have always come to me asking, how did you start out in this thing? How are you so good at it? What makes you better than the rest of the other people? So everything I had to note it down in a book and yeah, that's how I wrote the book. Okay. Um... Now, in the, the, f the first few chapters, I noticed you talked about Phoebe, um, your friend from Canada, and how she influenced you. Um, tell us a little bit more about Phoebe. Tell us about the importance of relationships in career building. So, Phoebe is a pseudonym, because I, I, I didn't get rights to <laughs> use her particular name, because I couldn't find her, and this, there's a story of why I can't find her anymore. But I met Phoebe when I was 12 and she was 14. She was a penny poor, but I met her in KPC, which is now Watoto. She had come to do missionary work. So that's how we met. And from then we became friends. She used to write to me letters from Canada. But then they got to me late. They'd spend like four months, six months to get a letter. And in all those intervals, you're writing back. So there was a delayed communication lag there. So one day she got really, really frustrated and she wrote something to do with 12 pages of how to get on the internet. So she introduced me to the internet. She wrote to me how to get there, what to do, what to find, how do you connect dial-up. So if you read in my book, you'll find out how to connect your laptop to a dial-up uh, 
a dial-up connection using UTL, yeah, internet then. So that's how I got to be friends with, with, with Phoebe. And she taught me everything as a child, how you could get online, how you communicate online, what you have to look out for. Yeah, that's Phoebe for you. Okay. Um, and then you talked about how um, uh, I noticed that the book is kind of very rich in history in terms of who the major players were in the social media world. You talked about Friendster, MySpace, uh, Face, face mash that back then, which became Facebook, yeah. now Meta. Mm -hmm. Do you see, in terms of your experience with social media, who do you think is, is, is creating products that are going to take us for the next maybe 10, 20 years? Is there room for disruption? There is actually very much room for disruption, considering that we have AI, which has come through, and we have chat GDP. So now I'm thinking the next big social media platform is going to have an incorporation of chat GDP, it's going to have all these other animations coming through from AI. Because considering how far we've come, starting, because me, I joined when it had, when was six degrees, that was our social media platform then. And now when you walk through the processes, you realize that Facebook has tried to hold front, but we all see that there's a very big migration to video content, which is TikTok. Now there's now another migration happening uh, towards chat GDP and AI inf interfaces. So I'm thinking in the next four or five years, we're going to have a platform that is coming and is only using chat GDP and all the other features that are working from that direction. Excellent. Um, then I also found out that you, uh, we have to, uh, that you went through uh, Barra University of Science and Technology. You also dabbled a little bit in e-commerce. Um, face some challenges in terms of receiving money with MoneyGram and Western Union. How much of this has changed? And tell us more about your experience at MUST. So I did a bachelor's degree in Barra University of Science and Technology. I really didn't want to do a bachelor's degree considering that my life from the 12-year-old who had already got into tech, um, had, already got, had already mastered a number of things in regard to marketing online, and I wanted to do a course in marketing. But then in Uganda, there was nothing that could do digital marketing or social media marketing. There was no cost being provided. So the best bet I had was to go to a university that has a tech in it. So I went to Barra University in Science and Technology, where they offered, for the course I did, which is environmental studies, they offered you everything. I think we did around 25 course units in those three years at Barra University. And that equipment that I got from there helped me to understand university, get a degree that can be used in the system right now. So that's how it happened. Uh, on the side of my e-commerce, e-commerce was mainly on the FaceMash then, which became Facebook, because Phoebe introduced me to FaceMash when it is still in Harvard. Phoebe went to Harvard, so she opened up a page for me when FaceMash happened, and I started interacting with her classmates. So, and then they realized that she had unique African attires they also needed. So I became their go-to person to order things from Uganda and send them to them using FaceMash. And then they would send money back. They would send money by post office before even Telegram or before Telegram or Western Union. Mm -hmm. And by the time Western Union came, I'd already shifted from e-commerce. Now I'd already gone into some other entrepreneurial things, the ice cream parlor you, you read about, mm -hmm. um, which, yeah, went bankrupt. That's my other story for, <laughs> for an entrepreneur, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's my experience there. 
Okay. And then you also mentioned in the 2015 article uh, that was published in the, one of the dailies. Um, tell us a bit about that article and what effect it had on you. So the, 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 the article was mainly to get people who were influential then, that's Michael Nitegeka, uh, Simon Kaheru, and was speaking into what the, the, the then what had become a social media movement, like what is the influence, what is it going to look like? The article breaks down the future and the past. How do they unison, how do they come into a unison by themselves? How do they move forward? And some of the things they predicted actually came to pass. Mm -hmm. Why do I have it in the book? It's more to add uh, a vision of why digital marketing is now what it is, because someone else also saw it go there. That's why the, the article is there. If you read it, you realize that most of the things they break down in there and they mention actually are happening now. And that is like seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Then I also found your interesting story about the Samsung Note, uh, the competition and how you won it and how you used your strategy. Tell us a bit about that strategy. So I wanted to break into, um, I wanted to break into the digital marketing space where it was now becoming so much uh, visible for everyone. Like everyone was going in and doing very many interesting things. What? So I was like, how do I break into this market and have my name up there and understood that I am one of the best because I was and still is. Um, <laughs> so I had a strategy that I was always being using and no one was actually using it. So I decided to sit down and take down what was my goal. The competition um, Nicholas is asking about is a competition that happened during the Samsung Twitter party just now what, 15 years ago where we, Samsung used to give out phones, used to throw parties with people who used to have Samsung phones, and then you'd compete for a phone. The best person who had a good strategy would win because then the people online would be engaging and interacting with you better. So my strategy was, what was my goal? So I say, I did real smart goals, the real smart goals thing. So I was specific on what I wanted. I wanted to get the phone. I did measurements. What was my measurable return was to win the phone. Then my attainability was yes. With my content skills, I was going to attain that phone. Relevance is yes to upgrade for my phone. The one I had, I had an idiot, which we used to call idiot. It was an idios. I would call it idiot. And I saw I wanted to upgrade for my idios to the Samsung. And then the time bond was the competition was for one hour. So I sat down and wrote, I remember it was maybe 1,000 and something tweets. So, and I'm like, these are my things I'm going to use on Twitter. Then the next thing that I did was to know my audience. Who in my audience am I going to target? Who am I going to use to get the engagement up, the interactions up, the retreats, the communication? Then who is my competition? Who am I competing with? Who is going, who also wants this phone? So knowing my competition and the skills I had, I was like, no, these guys can't beat me. I already have my set 1,000 tweets. They can't dish out that many tweets in a time frame. I can. So I did that and audited my account. Now, the idea for auditing my account was to, to, to look at my efforts. Was okay. I able to do? What was I not able to do? Mm. Was I able to create content really fast? Was I able not to? Then the other one was, the last, the last one, wow, there are many actually. 
um, to improve my profile so that when you see a tweet and you're like mm, this is Kahi, who is Kahi? you come to my profile and figure out who I am so mm. I improved my profile mm. so that I can also grow followers it was another technique to mm. actually get followers mm -hmm. then found inspiration what is Samsung saying outside there because I'm not talking just to win the phone I also mm. wanted to promote Samsung as a product mm. so I went researching what was about Samsung then what was the phone about what is why would someone actually want to win that phone or buy mm. it mm. Then I created my calendar. My calendar was in for one hour. Okay. So that meant every minute, every second, there was a treat going out. And now, this is another thing that people don't know. Those days, there were two things that would happen. You would actually SMS a tweet to your tweet account. Okay. And people didn't know that that would happen then. Mm. So I would SMS a tweet. I would, I would also write with my laptop and then use my idiot, idios phone <laughs> to, to share. So every minute was a tweet actually okay. going out. Mm. And then I prepared to adjust if the plan failed. Like I was like, if this fails and I can't really dish out all the tweets, I'm not trending, mm. then I'm not going to win the phone, then try out my plan. So that was the plan. Okay. Yeah. And excellently, I won the phone. <laughs> so you just, you had it guys. That's the marketing, influ the influencer marketing plan. And um, um, also, uh, I think what, what the readers will find interesting is that they're, they're actually about three assignments in the book. Tell us a little bit about those assignments. So the reason why I put assignments in my book is this is not a novel. This is a, a book that helps you to um, gauge yourself, measure yourself. What have you learned? What are you going to do about it? So that what are you going to do about it part, which I picked from my church, is the questions that I ask. Then you measure yourself and see, can I implement what I've learned? Can I add it in there? Where can I put it? How does it benefit me? How does it benefit my brand? The question is about creating your own, um, your own influencer marketing plan, how you implement it, where did you implement it? Did it, did it work? Those are some other questions there. So yeah. Okay. Um, I also found an interesting um, um, personality, the late Joel Tuatua. Yes. Who was your mentor? Tell us a bit about him. God rest his soul. So Joel, whom I love to call Zenda, never end. <laughs> Joel was one of my best people. Um, so I used to write, but I wasn't the best writer. But I used to write. So my, my blogs used to have typos. I had good stories to tell. I had very inspirational things to write. But I had very bad grammar. I had bad grammar, I had typos, I had bad sentence composition. So one time I wrote a blog and it was really bad. I also think it was really bad. Right now I think it was really bad. Then I didn't say that was bad. And I trended on Twitter because I had the worst blog ever because it had grammar issues everywhere. Because of that trend, Joel came up and said, Kahil, I'm going to become your editor. Send me everything you write and I'll edit it for you and then you can upload it online. Mm. Now that's how our friendship began and then we started the U Uganda blog community with him. Okay. Was being a sec I was a secretary in the blog community, helped to organize activities there and he kept inspiring writing. Actually, he's the first person who said, you're going to write a book one time, mm. one time in your life you're going to write a book. Mm. And yeah, he, was, he hasn't been here to see the book but it's now here and mm. he features, yes. So his mentorship helped me move in my blogging life. He would send me resources on what to read, what to write about. He would throw actually a number of competitions for bloggers mm -hmm. to make sure that you have a, a consistent, uh, consistent writing process. You don't have to write once and stop. The idea was with the more you exercise the mass of writing, the more you improve at it. 
and right now yeah it makes sense mm -hmm. i write a lot nowadays mm -hmm. yeah that's very good um some of the other questions you answer and we'll let the readers uh read the book to find out a lot about a lot more about that is you asked the question what makes a good social media influencer mm -hmm. how do you find the best influencer for your brand mm -hmm. and you give about three different ideas in terms of either by audience size or by content type or by engagement rate mm -hmm. um, and I noticed some of these ideas are leading towards something that you call social selling tell us about social selling versus traditional selling so many people don't understand that when we are online, what we are doing online, we are selling something. Either we're selling our opinions, our aspects about life, our b beliefs, ourselves, product, service, anything. The moment you get online, you're selling something. You're selling an idea to some other person because me reading your idea now leads me to asking questions. Okay, can I adopt this? Can I not adopt this? Mm -hmm. Now, that is what social selling is about. You're trying to bring your perspective to a platform and trying to get people to either adopt it or ignore it. Okay. So social selling helps, is, is the, it's your ability to come online and sell a thing, whatever thing. It's creating interactions about a thing you want people to buy in. Now, the difference between that is social selling has you getting interactions, mm -hmm. engagements immediately. The moment you put it there, someone is going to say something, someone is going to interact. Now, traditional market, traditional selling is different because then it's on a shelf. No one is really commenting immediately. The only time they come in is to buy and give you money. No one is selling either it's bad look or the, 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 the product doesn't look nice, the packaging is off, the pricing is too high. Mm -hmm. But yet on social selling, when you have a product, you're going to get immediate feedback of mm -hmm. your, your, your logo is off, um, your packaging is so bad, um, the price is so high, can you reduce? And then you, immediate feedback, interaction immediately, mm -hmm. other than the traditional mm -hmm. uh, selling. That's, mm -hmm. that's, those are the differences. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I also noticed you talked about uh, social listening and you gave us quite a bunch of uh, social listening tools. Um, just tell us just something small about social listening and the rest I guess they'll read from the book. <laughs> so the thing is when, you, when you're doing something about, when you're doing social selling, you also have to listen. Mm -hmm. it, it works hand in hand. It's, 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 a, it's a communication thing yes. and you want to create connections with people. So you have to listen more mm -hmm. and there are tools that help you with that listening. Who is speaking about me? Who is saying anything about my brand? What are they saying? Mm -hmm. Most times we ignore that part and we just want to impose ourselves and we are the best and yeah, you don't want to hear anything negative about yourself. You don't want to hear anything about your product mm. or what people are saying. Yet, your product is for the people. Yes. And you need to be able to have a two-way that you need to have a, 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 a transaction kind of communication where I tell you something and you, you, you plan back. Mm. But most times, people just want to impose and not get information back. So these mm. tools help you to get feedback, even mm. if it's not directed to you, mm. people are still talking about you mm. without you being in those spaces. Yes. So these tools help you. Now I'll give an example of LinkedIn. LinkedIn has one of the best social listening tools, mainly for businesses. Okay. Um, you go in there, mainly B2B businesses. What okay. is the other business saying about you? Who is one of the people in other office who's talking about you? What are they saying about you? Mm. The other one is Twitter. Twitter helps you without even putting a hashtag. You can go in and put your name in or your product and you'll see what people are saying about you, okay. which we call, um, there's a word we use, side uh, subtweeting. Okay. So someone is subtweeting you without mentioning you. Mm. Those are things for you to listen for. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, guys, I can, uh, if, I don't know if you've noticed how, this, how good this book is. 
I, as I recommend it for um, kind of like to buy it and just have it as a guide for your social marketing team uh, and those who are involved with in, and in selling you online now Patricia tell us a little bit about the organization that you run the business that you run and what Cahill Insights does so Cahill Insights is a digital marketing agency that specializes in content creation and marketing we mainly create engaging interacting and uh, content that returns on a client's desired outcome why desired outcome because very many businesses have different marketing goals you want to achieve different things and content can actually help you achieve those things if it is directed to those goals okay. so i created a company which is now making 10 years I started, uh, I said the company started as a digital marketing agency mainly for social media, but okay. as the trends move, not, not mainly social media, it, it mainly was content then, mm. but content wasn't a thing then when it started. Everyone was like, social media, I need to get online, I need to get online, but they weren't caring about the content need. Yet me, I'd been online for long, I realized that it's content that makes the social media platforms, not okay. the other way around. Mm. So I created the company. And I pivoted slowly. I said, okay, social media that is trending, let's do that. Let's mm. go with that. Mm. But around five years ago, I changed back to the original plan, which was content marketing. Because then people started picking up on content marketing, writing blogs, removing themselves from having static websites to updated websites at least monthly, something that they have changed, okay. so that their search engine can work well. Mm. So Kahil Insights helps with doing that. Helps you with creating content that is... It's archived well on Google or any search engine, mainly uh, search engine optimization, and then helps you with social media, also search engine optimization, because the content is interactive. The best thing also is content that resonates with the people that you want to target, the audience that you want to target. Mm. Are you selling a product? Who are you targeting? That person that you're targeting, what are they speaking? How do they write? How do they speak? Okay. So we target them in that direction on how they're doing, and then they can connect with you, Okay. then do the sell for you or you achieve leads okay thank you very much um <laughs> for for answering those questions and for for the work that you're doing now one last thing is kind of uh, let us know how people can get in touch with you where can they get the book uh, on linkedin obviously your handles everything like that okay um there's a good thing that i did when i started out thank you phoebe for teaching me this uh, phoebe helped me optimize myself online so when you go online and look for Patricia Cahill, that is on Google, and say Cahill with a K. So the name is Patricia Cahill, K-A-H-I-L-L. You Google that, you're going to find everything about me. I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, I am on Facebook. I have a TikTok account, which is not yet, yeah, but it's coming up. I also, you can also find Cahill Insights, the company. It's also on those platforms. The book, you can find it on Amazon and also Mahira Books dot com also you can get the book from our offices so whatever numbers you find about kahil you can call and it will be delivered to you in kampala or around uganda uh, at a price the book in ugandan shillings is 30k uh, that, that's around 10 dollars yeah okay thank you very very much and uh, hope uh, wish you the best in all your endeavors